Following the crash in the price of oil and damage to the global economy by the coronavirus pandemic, Nigeria is facing extremely difficult times. McKinsey & Co. predicts that the Nigerian economy could contract by up to 3.4% this year, which will be the biggest reduction since the social adjustment program of the early 1980s. In fact, McKinsey added that if the outbreak of the pandemic becomes more widespread in the country, the economy may contract to an unprecedented 9%. The group likely to suffer the most are young people between the ages of 19 and 30. The youths who constitute the largest demography in the country were even before the pandemic facing an unemployment rate of about 30%. So, is the government actively thinking about this group and the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on them? Hello and welcome to NOW, our podcast which examines the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on all aspects of our lives. I am Kadria Ahmed. And I am Funke Treasure. In this edition, we speak to Nigeria's Minister for Youth and Sports Development, Mr. Sunday Dari, who tells us of a novel idea, a subsidy that may just turn the tide for Nigerian youths. Now, are we going to get to a point in which the federal government might have to come in to find a way to subsidize the data? I think we're going to get to that point. If the government could subsidize petroleum products for a long time, now data is the new oil. And I think within the, the, the inner recesses of government, that consideration, that consideration is ongoing. As misinformation continues to convince many Nigerians that chloroquine is a cure for the COVID-19 disease, NAFDAQ raises an alarm over fake versions of the drug. These fake chloroquine were made in China and India, and they have no chloroquine in them. These drugs don't have not that number. We have already informed all our 36 states. We catch up with Bumi Obe after the singing duo too. The economy. I mean, I, I can see a long recession right now. Mm. You know, things are already bad enough as it is. While there is no known cure for COVID-19 yet, the speculation that chloroquine is a potential cure for the disease has led to a huge demand for the drug globally. Criminals are taking advantage of the demand and producing fake chloroquine drugs. Bumi Ekini now reports. Hydroxychloroquine, popularly called chloroquine phosphate, is a household name. It is a drug that has been used for decades in the treatment of malaria until it was discontinued in 2005 after WHO recommendation warned of high treatment failure and drug resistance in some parts of the world. In the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, a two-minute WhatsApp voice message started circulating. It claims that chloroquine phosphate is a cure for COVID-19. This suddenly brought the attention of Nigerians to the anti-malaria drug. And recently in Lagos, people were reported to have had chloroquine overdose. The Director General, National Agency for Food and Drug Administration and Control, NAVDAC, 
Professor Moji Adeyeye says the agency takes the issue of drug usage very seriously. This is the more reason why NAVDAC has to stay ahead of these matters of death. I call them matters of death. First, because somebody that is ill, whether it's malaria or whatever, and the person thought that he or she is taking medicine, the person may not get better, the person may die. That is why we take this job very seriously. Because it may be you, it may be me. And sometimes when we are very ill, we don't even care where we get the medicine. Because many of us have our special pharmacies that we go. But God forbid if somebody falls ill suddenly, the person may go and buy medicine just not knowing which one is which. So we do this every minute, every day as part of our regulatory activities. Fake news, misinformation and disinformation are major issues that we have to deal with in our daily lives. So it is not surprising that many Nigerians fell for the news of chloroquine having the potential to cure COVID-19. Dr. Okpawoye is a senior registrar in infectious diseases at the Lagos State University Teaching Hospital, Luz. He says there is a lot of work being done in trying to find a cure for the coronavirus. One of it, they, so they do keep doing trials, keep checking this drug, they check that drug. So one of the drugs they tried was chloroquine, and uh, they discovered that chloroquine could actually inactivate the virus outside the body in the lab. So there was this hope and prayer that chloroquine could work inside the patient, but there's no conclusive evidence. The demand for chloroquine became huge because of the incorrect news that chloroquine cures coronavirus, coupled with the announcement made by the President of the United States of America, Donald Trump. He says the anti-malaria drug is a treatment for COVID-19. While Nigeria is still battling to fight the misinformation about chloroquine being a cure for COVID-19, the World Health Body, WHO, alerted NAVDAQ to the presence of fake chloroquine in Cameroon. According to Professor Adeyeye, the chloroquine was manufactured in two countries. These fake chloroquine were made in China and India, and they have no chloroquine in them. These drugs don't have not that number. They are not in the country. We have already informed all our 36 state offices and SPC to be on the lookout because we do surveillance. Our staff will go out and find out whether those medicines are on the shelf or on, in the market somewhere. And once we get those types of medicines that are fake, we mock them. We see the wares of the people and we destroy the drugs. So it is a very serious business for us. Countries of the world are working relentlessly through a series of clinical trials to find a lasting solution to the coronavirus pandemic. Professor Adeyeye says NAVDAQ is also involved in these trials. The agency is working closely with the Lagos State Ministry of Health to expedite action on the process. NAVDAQ is working with Lagos State Ministry of Health to ensure that the clinical trial treatment research that they are starting goes well. NAVDAQ doesn't do clinical research on their own. They guide several groups is doing clinical trial. In this case, it's clinical trial treatment because they are using the medicine on COVID-19 patients. NAVDAQ also reviews the protocol. We have been working alongside the Lagos State Ministry of Health to ensure that there will not be a waste of time uh, when the protocol comes for us to review. 
while we await the result of the chloroquine trials, medical experts say chloroquine is not the solution of coronavirus, but adhering to measures that have been proven to help in fighting the spread of the disease. This includes regular hand washing, social distancing, and self-isolation in places where there is a real danger of or spread. Bumi Yakini. The Minister of Youth and Sports Development, Mr. Sunday Dari, is charged with, among other things, the creation and implementation of policies and programs for creating employment and wealth for Nigeria's youth. As the country faces a major recession and a tanking economy due to the COVID-19 pandemic, I asked the minister what the impact is on his ministry and his work. I think that uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and also beyond the ministry, you know, the impact is uh, writ large on every aspect of our life as a country and even as individuals. On the part of the ministry, uh, youth and sports, for sports, we were just at the eve, barely five, six days before the National Sports Festival, which holds every two years. We had no choice than to postpone it. And that was actually the first major postponement or shutdown by the government that signaled that the COVID-19 pandemic was real and government really meant business. Our NYC orientation camp was also going on across the country. The following day, we also shut down all of that. So to a large extent, it's really limited and impacted negatively on the work of the ministry. We had worked towards that festival, but also several of our youth programs have been primed to start on April 1st. And because of the lockdown, because of the pandemic, we had to just basically close shop. But let me say, when you look at the impact beyond Nigeria, Commerce in Nigeria is dependent on commerce in faraway Asia, in America, in Europe. The world economy has been brought to a halt. So it's, the effect is really massive, and I think every country is responding in its own way right now. One of the mandates of your ministry is to try and see um, how you can um, empower Nigerian youth, increase skill sets, increase employment. In a recession of the sort that people have said we have not seen in a long time, what is going to happen to the programs that you'd put together? Because Nigerian youth on unemployment is already really quite high, something like 30%. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it is worrisome, the level of unemployment, uh, the rates that we have. In the last six months, we have tried to come up with uh, programs. What we have done is to reassess the program and see how we can take them offline to online. One of our major programs is the Digital Skills Acquisition under the Digital Youth Nigeria program, which is to provide, to upskill Nigerian youth to have digital skills to be able to produce digital tools across board. We have strategic implementation partners, and we quickly activated our partnership with the IBM. We got their e-learning uh, model. We got them on our website, and we announced to Nigerian youth to go and take online courses from coding, artificial intelligence, cloud computing, and quite a number, about almost 25 different courses, so that they could go and then study and get IBM badges, junior, intermediate, and senior. In the last two weeks, we've had over 5,000 youth across the country enroll and start the program. Close to 2,300 are finished 
and already have their IBM badges. And that makes them more employable. That's what's going on. We're about to launch a youth innovation series called the 60-Day App Challenge, where we're going to invite our youth. Are you developing an app? Do you know how to develop an app? Do you want to enter a competition to develop an app? After 60 days, we're going to have a submission of the apps that have been developed, an evaluation, and about four or five of them, the standard will be picked, and then an entrepreneurship package will be tied to the winners of the app so that they can become entrepreneurs and also self-starters and employers of labor. This, this sounds like very laudable initiatives, if not for the simple little fact that the numbers that you're talking about are tiny, in fact, minuscule, to be honest, if you look at the scale of unemployment problem in Nigeria. And with this recession, there's no doubt that even those who had some sort of employment or who were underemployed are now going to join the army of millions that were, that were already in the unemployment market. And, and this doesn't seem to be a program that will make any sort of dent, really, to these figures that we're talking about. Well, you know, we're looking at a window of just two weeks. And, you know, the numbers will get ratcheted up. For instance, the training for IBM is for 100,000 to 200,000 euros. Don't also forget, there's been on ground a multifaceted approach to youth employment and youth empowerment. There are 13 ministries that have youth budget subheads to engage the youth. The national youth policy focuses on 13 thematic areas, youth and sport, youth and science and tech, youth and environment, youth and uh, drug abuse youth and uh, ICT, and it just carries that. And you have each ministry connected, and they're doing one thing or another. The challenge we face now is that all of this, to a large extent, must be something that must be done online, using smart technology, online platforms, and the rest of that. Now, when you talk about scalability, the number, the president just announced employment, 1,000 uh, jobs through 774 local government areas across the country. On April 6th, the finance minister gave a detailed account about how these monies will come to support this job creation. That's a thousand jobs per local government across the country. That should take off perhaps in another few weeks, maybe four weeks at most. The template has been worked out by the labor uh, ministry. And I think that those are the kind of responses we expect from the government. And when you look at this, this will benefit the youth to a large extent, but also the people that, that they are now out of jobs, they have an opportunity to be part of this process. Given the fact that, um, like you pointed out, um, this um, intervention they're talking about is kind of tech-based, so there are two basic requirements. The first is that people have some sort of device that they could use. And the second, of course, is um, data. Um, and these things cost money. And yet, you know, you're expecting people who are without work and perhaps have been without work for a little while to take part. So are you subsidizing um, devices? Are you going to be giving young people data? Are you working with telecom companies to try and help with that? How exactly will that work? Well, you know, uh, there's the communications ministry, communication and digital economy. I know I can't exactly speak with them. For, I can't speak for them, but they manage that sector, the telecommunications sector, but also from the federal government. I can pinpoint the Minister, Minister of State Labor. In the last two weeks, they have started a campaign appealing to all the telcos to give free data. I've seen MTN, I've seen Airtel on their own offer 
free text messages. Offer some of them offer subsidized data. Now, are we going to get to a point in which the federal government might have to come in to find a way to subsidize the data? I think we're going to get to that point. If the government could subsidize petroleum products for a long time, now data is the new oil. Data is actually life now because that is what is engaging everyone. And I think within the, the, the inner recesses of government, that consideration, that consideration is ongoing to see how they can partner with the communications uh, companies to kind of subsidize the data. Don't forget, this data cannot be really free because there's a cost implication to run the base stations, to keep the power running, the generators. They have to pay their workers. So I think we'll get to a point in which the government will find a way to make sure that data is subsidized so that these online opportunities can be, uh, can, can be available to the mass of our citizens. Low, it doesn't work at all, so that the cost implication will not be too high. Who are you? There, there's something elitist about the plans that you're rolling out. It's like the ministry is not taking into account you know, the poor Nigerian youth that, you know, does not have access to... Um, hang, hang on, let me ask the question. Uh, the poor Nigerian youth <laughs> that does not have um, access to tablet, that does not have access to to data, the poor Nigerian youth that is, you know, um, probably been working the streets a long time with no job and is actually now focused on just trying to find a way to eat. I have not heard anything that you've said that suggests that... Um, you are looking at people who perhaps are less fortunate, that are not that educated, and they are a substantial number of our young people. Absolutely. I think uh, it's good you came up with that. Let me tell you what we did at the ministry when I, at inception. We, we tried to properly profile the Nigerian youth because very often when you say Nigerian youth, people think of diploma holders and degree holders. So we said, what is the profile of a Nigerian youth? Who is a Nigerian youth? Is it... Is it by qualification, academic qualification, or is it by reason of age? And we said, look, it is by reason of age, because there's a catchment. So long as you fall within this age, then you're in Nigerian youth. And then we must also now look at, we now start to break down into other levels. The graduates, diploma holders, the technicians, the artisanal group, the artisans. Uh, so we've developed that process. And we said, look, there are also the, the vulnerable youth. And we have a program in which we're trying to see how we can infuse technology into vocational skills. Part of our program, of course, unfortunately, for them, most of the programs can be online. They have to be offline. We have the Youth Innovation Series, in which we're telling them, we work with them, we provide capital for them to develop it, and then we bring them up and match them up with entrepreneurs. That is ongoing. But then we're also impacted and limited by the lockdown. So we probably profile the Nigerian youth. We have programs that would benefit the, those at the lower part of the ladder, the vulnerable group. Let me tell you, for instance, we were, we were about to start the mobile device training. Mobile device training is to train youths that did not go to school but have the skills. They can fix uh, smartphones. They can fix lap lap laptops. They can fix iPads. They can fix, uh, you know, a smart gadget, and we've seen the interest that has come in. In Oshun, they've done it. In Kano, there's an ongoing program, which is not our own program, but one of the agencies. More than 1,000 users have been trained. They've been given their toolboxes. They're grouped into three, and they give them a shop 
and that they're doing that work. We've seen that as a successful. So we're moving from kinetic to non-kinetic way to take care of this lower ladder of those that cannot go online, like you said. But again, this plan uh, cannot be scaled up because of the sudden lockdown. And, and so really, the, the part of the question is, is so what, what is the plan B? Because, you know, lockdown is going to exacerbate the difficulties that unemployed young people are facing. Um, and there's no doubt, everybody that we've spoken to that understands the economy, that understands finance, is clear that we're going to see a recession the like of which we've never seen. So people are going to be in some trouble. And, and so what is your plan B? for these young people? Well, you know, my plan, my plan must be situated within the, the national plan, the federal government plan. Don't forget I draw my resources from also the federal force. And when you see when it comes to the youth, it is not just the ministry that has the mandate. You also see the federal government trying to add on, tackle the problem. Like I said, there are 13 ministries. I know four or five ministries that we have linkages with that we're trying to look at. You see, now we have to review our programs in the light of current developments, almost all of us. And that's why the ministers go to the office. We're holding meetings. We're looking at how we can re-strategize and see what can be done. For instance, whatever you say, the idea of 1,000 jobs on local government across the country, that will capture to a large extent, a large swath of this unemployed youth, whether educated, uneducated, or they are decent. And that is huge. That's one aspect of it. The, the approach must be multifaceted because we can also depart from the original plan. We need youth that have digital skills that can create products. For instance, let me tell you, there are more than 200 digital tools that can be created and through which you can be self-employed and also earn money. We're just looking at a slew of 20 digital tools creation right now. I mean, of our youth even have it. Even if COVID goes away, we still have our youth that don't have the skills that are needed. So why don't we use this period also to make sure that we get them upskilled ahead of when the entire global economy will open up? Because we're not training them just for the Nigerian economy, but to make them competitive for the global economy. So we're going to see in the next few weeks, it's a concerted effort, I must, I must confess. <laughs> How do celebrities deal with lockdown and the fear generated by the COVID-19 pandemic? To find out, Samuel Ojo spoke to celebrity entertainer and entrepreneur Wumi Obe of the dynamic husband and wife duo, too, and asked her how she and her family are faring in these times. First and foremost is that this thing does not um, get worse. Mm. If you get getting better from here we don't want it to get worse mm -hmm. you know that's a major concern everyone's health safety and all that mm -hmm. now i do have a strong feeling that we will get through this and this too shall pass then what next the economy i mean i i can see a, a looming recession right now mm -hmm. you know things are already bad enough as it is you know and you know it's going to be really difficult especially the masses to to deal recession the oil prices have already slumped 
Mm. You know, so already it's showing the exchange rates have gone crazy. You know, the dollar is about is a four twenty or something now to the naira. And these are my fears. First of all, we go through this COVID, and then we get to then we go into the hunger. Okay, so let me let me ask、uh, another question. So, your mother, how have you know you've been able to take care of your、mm-hmm. your family, your children, make sure that everyone is safe? What are some of the measures that you have taken? Well, first of all, we adhere to the to the rules. Stay home, stay safe. Luckily for me, they're not babies anymore. My youngest child is fifteen plus. They're doing fine, and everybody knows now the importance of always staying in, washing your hands, making use of sanitizers. For me, more precautions. For instance, make sure you take plenty of vitamin C. Mm. You know, so that you can boost your immune system. Eat lots of fruit. Take your hot tea. Drink hot lemon. You know, that, you know, whenever you feel funny, just do it. I do it. You know, I I do it every day. So for me, it doesn't take anything out of me. It's not going to. It doesn't have a side effect. But I'm doing it anyway. Prevention is better than cure. Better to be safe than sorry. And I just encourage everyone in the family to do the same. I'm sure you are also aware of some of the conspiracy theories around the COVID-19 virus. You know, from the 5G technology、yeah. to some people saying that there's even no virus at all. That's some people saying it's a, it's an Asian plant to take over the world. So so many things.、Mm-hmm. What are some of your opinions about this? Let me let me confess to you now. You see that 5G theory? I initially fell for it.、Mm. Don't. I'm not a technical person, and I have read shortly afterwards an article by someone. An expert who explained really brought everything down to the detail why this thing was not、uh, in any way harmful. However, the person also works in this、uh, in this industry. So how do I know he's not just trying to make sure that、um, they make money for the company? We're in God's hands, to be honest. But I personally just try to look at everything objectively, so that at the end of the day, I can draw my own conclusions. That's right. Around the world now, there is a high demand for anti-malarial、uh, treatments and drugs. You know, because it's believed that this treatment, even though the World Health Organization has not confirmed, in fact, any of these facts.、Uh, but what are your thoughts? Because I, I, everyone seems to be getting these drugs, and now I hear that you know there are also now inferior drugs out in the market. What do you What do you have to say about that? Well, that's very unfortunate. Is there inferior drugs in the market? But this is why I also feel desperate times call for desperate measures.、Mm. If you see the chloroquine, the, the World Health Organization has not yet confirmed anything,、mm. but they have not blacklisted it either. That they haven't confirmed it may not necessarily mean that it's not true. But here, here's the thing: we have not seen where somebody has proven that it works or it fails. Let me tell you the truth, there. As you are seeing me here. If I have it, I will try. I will try that chloroquine. Let me know that it's not working. Let me ask one more question. So,、uh, of course, everyone knows you're a public figure. So,、uh, what would be your advice to Nigerians at this time? Really,、um, I know it's tough and all that, but as much as possible, let us try to just、um, do what the law says, what the government has asked us to do. We should stay at home in order to stay safe, and you know, we should be more、um, hygiene, hygiene conscious. If it's Possible. Wear your mask going out.、Um, I'm not sure about the mask preventing the infection, the disease, but I know that it will prevent you from spreading it to others、right. if you have it. That one I know for sure. And that's it for this edition of Now. I am Adria Ahmed, and I'm Funke Treasure.